Hello, and welcome back. Welcome to Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. How are you doing today? I hope you're having a good day. I just want to let you know that I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. This podcast now has over 100 total downloads, which is pretty cool. Hit that 100 mark. Not sure how many of those are legit, just because those first couple episodes were kind of throwaways. But I've already got like a dozen downloads from my last episode, and we now have three downloads in a row with more than 10 downloads. So that's pretty cool. I would love to hear some comments, get some ratings, reviews, any of that stuff. Be much appreciated. More feedback I can get. Any feedback, always awesome. So one thing that's kind of been a little bit, uh, I was thinking about the other day as I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this twice a week. What am I going to talk about? And then I realized that there was so much to talk about that I was like, how the heck am I going to fit this into a 30-minute show? (laughs) Never short for content in the NFL. It's amazing how they've been able to turn this league into a a 365-day-a-year sport. It's the end of May. You like there's kind of nothing really going on, but there's so much going on and so much to talk about. So we're just going to get into it. Real quick thing, I just want to recommend a listen. Chris Collinsworth, the TV announcer broadcaster who now works with PFF, he had a great episode meeting with the 49ers general manager John Lynch. I would highly recommend listening to that podcast. It's great. Chris Collinsworth podcast. He sat down with John Lynch and they talked for, it was over an hour. The whole, the whole interview, it was probably an hour and 20 minutes. Great listen. Highly recommended. A lot of it is just talking about John Lynch's background, but they did get into the 49ers a good bit. And I loved Uh, I forget exactly where it is, but I want to say it's about 40 or 50 minutes into the show. They actually, John Lynch breaks down the entire process of them deciding to select Trey Lance at number three. And it was really interesting hearing what actually happened from the timeline and how they got to the decision and how they kept everything secret. And they just kind of like let the rumors go because who are they to correct them what they liked about them, and really, really good listen. Highly recommended. Great interview. Definitely recommend it. So we are just going to switch up the subject just a little bit today because I was going to talk about... I was going to talk about the most interesting camp battles, but I had an epiphany when I was going through those is that, oh yeah... Um, June 1st is coming up next week and usually June 1st, June 2nd, you know, all that stuff goes on because there's contracts, guaranteed money, post June 1st cuts. So I'm going to go over and, you know, there's like trade deadlines and all kinds of stuff that goes on right around then. And I wanted to put something out that had at least a couple days of my thoughts pre that because there might be a couple different people on the team a week from now. After that, after June 2nd, things might, 
And, you know, there's been rumors with Julio and cuts and retirements and all kinds of stuff. So I decided instead I was just going to go over OTAs because there was a media day in terms of the media being able to watch a practice yesterday, which was Tuesday. Uh, So practice Tuesday, media got a chance to watch a bit. They had some pressers. So Shanahan, Jimmy G, Warner, Kittle all got up there, spoke to the media couple things there and we're going to talk about some possible free agents who are still out there as well as some possible some cap casualties so to speak that might be available next week that are currently still on a team so I figured that made sense because we can always do camp battles next week and especially if there's one or two or three different guys on the team next week going into camp that'll I want to be a little more accurate so that's why I switched things up a little bit So getting into the pressers, the 49ers uh, hosted hosted a press conference on Tuesday. Uh, Shanahan met with the media, Jimmy G, Warner, Kittle, not a whole lot. Uh, The main things that kind of stood out, uh, Shanahan, he talked about Julio. He said, you know, in his kind of Shanahan way, hey, you know, I'm not allowed to talk about a guy. But here's what I really like about guys, you know, quote unquote, like Julio. And we all know Shanahan was with Julio, had an amazing season. Julio is a trade option right now because Atlanta doesn't have any money. So they're going to probably have to cut him or trade him. Most likely trade him. I don't know if he's going to come over to the Niners. I don't think they have the draft capital. And as amazing as it would be, it would be asking an awful lot. And I don't, I don't know if he can make it fit. But it would be really cool. Uh, Shanahan also said that he wants Fred Warner to be a 49er forever, which sounds really good. And it sounds like Fred Warner agrees. Uh, Shanahan also seems already a little bit tired of the Trey Lance questions, which is not a good sign if you're uh, if you're going to be tired of those questions because they are not going to stop the the. The Trey Lance questions are going to be forever until he takes over the job and Jimmy's not on the team anymore. So I hope Shanahan is ready to answer Trey Lance questions for, again, as long as Jimmy's on the team and Trey Lance is not starting. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a positive problem. You got two good quarterbacks. Speaking of two good quarterbacks, Jimmy G also talked to the media And Jimmy G is the master of being, giving the, the team focused coach speak kind of answers. He doesn't really say a whole lot, but he does answer the question. If you know what I mean? One of my favorite things is every time Jimmy gets asked about some of his teammates, great group of guys. Great group of guys. I have decided I'm going to call Jimmy. Jimmy, great group of guys, Garoppolo. Because that's what he says. You know, oh, yeah, tight ends, great group of guys. Wide receivers, great group of guys. My teammates, teammates, great group of guys. So, Jimmy, great group of guys, Garoppolo. One thing I did like to hear from Jimmy, he he bulked up a little bit. He focused on that. He's been focusing on his mobility, which is good because injuries have been an issue. That kind of brings up the next thing, which is... Jimmy had a little bit of fire to him, and I liked it. 
It was pretty cool. He was, there was like three or four times when he was meeting with the media, he just like straight out like, I'm here to do a job. I win games. That's what I do. I win games. That's what I do. I'm just here to win games. That's what I do. And it was pretty cool just because I like seeing a fiery Jimmy. Because if Jimmy is going to be out there grinding, working hard, it's only a good thing. You know, competition breeds the best in people. If Jimmy G is fired up, maybe a little bit pissed off, and he's just focusing on getting better, grinding, killing it in practice because he's, you know, chip on his shoulder, a little bit ticked off. You know, they they drafted this kid. He's going to take my job. You are not taking my job. That's a good thing because if Jimmy plays well, Niners win games. Jimmy's trade value goes up. And Trey Lance, he's going to learn that. That'll be a good thing. Trey Lance is going to be like, oh, cool. Competitiveness. I love it. Um, it's, it's just all a good thing. So Jimmy G said all the great things. Jimmy, great group of guys. Garoppolo. Jimmy, I win games. That's what I do. Jimmy Studley Chin. Everything you wanted to hear from Jimmy was pretty much all good. He was he was fired up, and I like it. Fred Warner, some cool things with him. Got engaged. Congratulations. Fred Warner wants to be a 49er for life, so that's exciting. On a 1 to 10 scale of how nervous I am about Fred Warner not being locked down long term, it would be like a 1. It sounds to me like they're not really worried about it, and they're going to reward Warner just like they rewarded George Kittle. And I got a feeling they're going to give him a fat contract before the season starts. We'll find out exactly. I have a feeling this whole June 1 thing probably have a little bit to do with it in terms of whether or not we get Julio, if we need to restructure a guy or two, if there's some cuts here or there. Clear up a little bit of that cap space. Another thing I liked from Fred Warner was... He's a team leader, and he said, hey, I'm a team leader. I'm a captain. I would never consider not showing up to OTAs. So even though these are completely optional, and there's a lot of guys who are here you know, because of workout bonuses, I mean, Fred Warner is just, hey, I'm the leader. I show up. I'm not worried about my contract. That'll take care of itself. So you love to hear that. George Kittle met with the media also. Kittle's Kittle. You love him. He's hilarious, high energy, fun guy. Some uh, highlights from George Kittle's interview. He said Dwelly looks jacked and he's got hands of glue. (laughs) He said Charlie Warner, the other tight end, can bench press a house. So that's always good. And he also said Trey Lance looks better than a rookie. And he was also impressed by one specific throw from Trey Lance to another rookie, the undrafted rookie, uh, Josh Peterson, tight end. And what it was is it sounds like the media didn't get a chance to see this, but it was some kind of like boot play action rollout pass. And Josh Peterson was going like on a really deep corner or a deep comeback. And again, nobody saw this, but it sounds like normally that's the last read and nobody makes that throw. And usually that's not a throw that people try and make. And he was impressed because it sounds like, you know, maybe he hasn't seen any of the current 49ers or previous 49ers uh, quarterbacks 
make her attempt that throw. And he said the kid's got a cannon for an arm. So, yeah, it's, it's always good to hear when Kittle's impressed by the rookie. He also went on Rich Eisen. I didn't have a chance to listen to that whole thing, but he did say he expects competition and he's going to be the biggest hype man for every guy on the team because they're his teammates. So he's going to say everything he loves about Jimmy. He's going to say everything he loves about Trey and he expects competition. And if the quarterbacks in that room don't embrace competition, then they don't deserve to be there. So he expects competition and he is excited about it. So that's all good stuff. So not a whole lot that we learned from the interviews, but you know, in May, it's all, it's all everything you want to hear. It's all positive and fiery. Some other things coming out of OTAs and just general news this week, Jeff Wilson had an injury. So it sounds like Jeff Wilson last Thursday was weightlifting and then somehow tore his meniscus. Then he had surgery, so he's going to be out about four to six months, which is very unfortunate for Jeff Wilson. The good news is that it happened at the team facility, which means that his $2 million contract is not in jeopardy. Uh, so he's still got those guarantees because the injury happened at the team facilities. So sucks for Jeff Wilson, but at least he's got his money. He's probably going to start this season out on the physically unable to perform the pup list which likely means he'll be out for the first six weeks or so. And considering it's a four to six month recovery window, it sounds about right because figure it's late May now, four to six months. You're looking at September, October, November. So that kind of six, eight week range-ish. Bad news for Jeff Wilson. Great news if you're Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, or Wayne Gallman. They are pretty much a lock to make the team now. And if you're on the Trey Sermon hype train, I think he's going to be your number two going into the season. He might not be in camp because Gallman's a veteran and he's solid, but I think Trey Sermon at this point, this basically locks him up for the number two spot. So we could be getting a good dose of thunder and lightning with Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon out of the backfield this, this fall, which is going to be exciting. Weston Richburg is retiring. It's not technically official, but it's been announced Sounds like it's going to be a post-June 1st retirement, and that's going to clear up about $1 million in cap. So I wish the best for Weston Richburg. Pretty darn good center. Not elite, but pretty darn good. And it really sucked. I, I was at that game when he got the injury. When he went down, he tore his patellar tendon in the Saints game. Uh, I want to say week 13 or 14 of the 2019 season. He's never been able to get back, so he is going to be retiring. He restructured earlier this year to clear up about seven or so million dollars in cap. So Niners currently have about $17.8 million in cap. They still have some rookie contracts that they need to sign, so they're a little bit closer to $11 million. But this does probably give them about another million or so in cap space next week when it's made official. Other good news, Nick Bosa and Jalen Hurd are both expected to be ready for training camp. Bosa's currently training in Florida with his brother. Uh, So the Bosa brothers are training in Florida. He's rehabbing with his guy. 
Jalen Hurd was actually at OTAs. He was just kind of doing some side work, doing some rehab stuff. So that would be great to have him back. If Bosa comes back 100% and Jalen Hurd comes back and he actually is healthy, Jalen Hurd is definitely an X factor. It's It's been so unfortunate that he's missed his first two full seasons with injuries. But if he can make it on the field, he has so many tools and so much talent that he would be a legit X factor matchup in terms of a pass catcher and blocker. Cause you've got a guy who's six foot five, 230 pounds, who runs around a four five former running back, but he's also got some wiggle and he's a pretty darn good route runner and pass catcher considering that he converted from running back to wide receiver. So if Hurd comes back and he's healthy, we could see some really cool stuff from him, but he's missed the last two seasons. So obviously can't count on it. And Bosa, if he's back 100%, whew, this uh, this line's going to be epic. Similar news for D Ford. Nothing is really confirmed, but they sound a lot better more hopeful which is good they're hoping that he'll be ready for training camp also so I mean with D Ford he's had the nagging injury thing for years last year he came and played like one quarter in the opening game didn't look good and then he just had this kind of mystery back neck injury I really hope he's healthy we'll see but if they are hopeful that he is going to be ready for training camp We'll find out. I hope he's ready for training camp here in a couple months. He is currently away from the facility, but Shanahan kind of joked that they uh, they made him leave because he's been there so much. So hopefully some good news on D Ford, because if he's back and healthy, that's going to be awesome. Silly lineman helmets. This was, I just thought it was funny. I would highly recommend checking out the pictures. They had... All these, they had all this extra padding on their helmets and it was on the outside and they just looked silly and ridiculous. I'm all for player safety and I hope that it helps. You just got to go look at them because they they just, they look silly. They look ridiculous. And it was just kind of funny to see these, you know, offensive and defensive linemen out there with, you know, these these bean bags. It looked like they had all these bean bags like stitched onto their helmets. So it was just funny. Go look at some pictures. You might get a giggle out of it. Some people who stood out a little bit in the one thing, the one day that the media got a chance to watch as far as practice, Juwan Jennings. He was impressing some people. Her, uh, You remember we drafted him last year in the seventh round. He was just kind of like that big physical slot possession receiver who ran over everybody and broke tackles like crazy. Didn't have a chance to play last year, his rookie season. I think he ended up on the practice squad and then ended up injured. So apparently he looks faster and quicker and more fit than last year. So, you know, that's another guy who's impressing, always good. And also Dwelly. Dwelly apparently looks really good. Apparently he looks jacked. So I'm all for it. I'm all for people looking jacked in May. Hopefully they stay jacked in September. And the main thing to keep in mind with all these OTAs, these training camp reports, 
all that kind of stuff. The main thing is not who stands out, but who's standing out consistently. If you hear about one guy one week and a different guy another week, that's all cool. But if you keep hearing, hey, you know, Dwelly looks good, Dwelly looks good, Dwelly looks good, and you keep hearing how good he looks, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, the people who are showing up consistently in all these practices, those are the guys you want to keep an eye on. Because the guys who show out one time doesn't really matter, but the guys who are consistently showing up, that's what matters. You know what they say, it's about stacking days. So you want to stack those days, stack those wins. So moving on to available free agents. As I mentioned, the Niners currently have about 17, almost $18 million in cap. They have to sign a few more rookies, so we're looking at about $11 million after that. And with the Richburg thing, we're hopefully looking at maybe close to $12 million in cap space. You could probably fit a Julio Jones in there if they did decide to trade for him. You just got to, you know, maybe negotiate a deal or two. Or potentially there is somebody who's currently on the market or who could become available on the market in the next week or so. So currently, and the main guys that I targeted was just I only focused on players that I think fit a possible need for the team. So I didn't look at like defensive tackles because we're like six deep. We don't need a defensive tackle. We honestly have arguably too many. (laughs) So corners, we still have a depth issue with cornerback. We've got Verrett, amazing last year, but previous like five years injuries. We've got Mosley. Has played pretty well, pretty consistently, but not quite what you want over the last couple of years. Did earn himself a little extension of a contract, but do you really want to count on him? And then behind them, you've got two rookies. You've got the third rounder, Ambry Thomas, and then you've got the fifth rounder, Diamador Lenore. I do not want to see Diamador Lenore or Ambry Thomas on the field too soon just because they're rookies. I really hope that we can add a corner currently still out there on the market. Richard Sherman. There's some rumors. He might be coming back. We will see some other guys who are available. And this is in no particular order. Uh, Brian Poole. I believe he's more of a slot corner. Steven Nelson. Brashad Breland. Darquez Denard and Gary on Conley. I don't think. Any of those last couple guys are needle movers, but we might want to bring in a corner just to add depth. Just adding another veteran, I think might be a good idea because again, behind those four guys that I listed that are currently on the team, you're looking at like Dante Johnson and Tim Harris, and you do not want those two guys on the field. Or maybe you do, who knows? Maybe they ball out in camp. Another position that, I'm a little bit nervous about his edge rusher because Bose is coming off the ACL. D Ford is a giant mystery. And I like Samson Ibukam, but he is not a star pass rusher. He's an elite physical athlete who plays outside linebacker as a pass rusher, but we haven't seen him specifically really be a high level pass rusher in his first four years when he was with the Rams. There are a few pretty good edge rushers that are still available on the market. The top two, Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram. I think Melvin Ingram would be perfect. You've got 
a speed rusher, a veteran guy. He's had a couple injuries the last year or so, but he still is a very good player. Justin Houston, same thing, really good veteran edge rusher. I think that they not necessarily come in and be a number one or a number two edge rusher, but in terms of a rotational edge, we don't have a whole lot of edge rotation. You're basically looking at Bosa coming off the ACL, D Ford, who may or may not play, Samson Ibukam, who's been a okay but really athletic kind of guy. And then after that, you're looking at, I don't know, Jordan Willis. Like that that's that's not really what you want. I would really like one more good edge rusher because we're like six deep at defensive tackle but we need edge so one of those two guys i think would be really good there's also olivier vernon everson griffin uh, trent murphy's available not sure if he's the best fit but he's available and adrian claiborne so there's a few edge rushers that are still out there these are you know veteran guys that are kind of in that like 29 to 33 age range but hey if you want a guy just to come in and basically like take rotational snaps as a rotational edge player. These could be some guys who'd be a, a good fit. A couple wide receivers who are still available. Again, I don't see a whole lot of needle movers here, but we have concerns about our depth behind Ayuk and Debo. And I know we already have 12 wide receivers, but there, there's like no experience in terms of the wide receivers that we have. It's a whole bunch of question marks. These guys are a lot less of a question mark. Even if they're not elite, they're veterans. So, Kenny Stills, he could provide a little bit of that speed element. Golden Tate, he could be one of those deep threat gadget guys. Danny Amendola, you've got a slot who's been a reliable slot for a long time. And, of course, Jordan Matthews because Jordan Matthews because he was often on the team last year and he knows Shanahan, so four wide receivers who are still currently out there and available if we want to add some wide receiver depth. Tight ends, again, love Kittle, Dwelly, supposedly looks better, and Charlie Warner spent a sixth on him last year. We'll see what he develops into this year, but what I don't want to see happen is Kittle get hurt, and again, Kittle has been hurt a couple times over the last few years I don't want to see Kittle get hurt and then the game just totally collapse so it might be a good idea to bring in another tight end just for depth especially if he wants to have four tight ends on the on the team if you want to go four tight ends deep who's the fourth tight end like because it's not Josh Peterson it, it can't be I don't I don't believe that Trey Burton and Tyler Eifert are both still available so you know, again, you're not looking at super talented elite guys. That's why they are still available. But some solid veterans who could come in and play that number two, number three rotational kind of role. Another one, fan favorite, linebacker Quan Alexander. Free agent. How about that? How funny would it be if they brought him back after trading him to the Saints for that for a fifth rounder? They traded him to the Saints to clear their cap, get a fifth rounder, and then the Saints cut him because of how much the cap was, and the Saints had no money. I think they were under, I think they were like $100 million over the cap at one point, so they cut him, so he's a free agent. 
how fun would it be to bring Quan back and have him be like the number three linebacker? Because that's another position where a little bit of depth could be a good thing. So those are all the free agents that I think are worth mentioning. There's also a couple guys who might be available after June 1. And these are a few guys we want to just keep an eye out. And there's not a whole lot. I've got five of them here. But the main thing with these guys is that they could become a cap casualty because it'll save the team like 6 to $10 million in cap space. And there's not a whole lot of penalties if they do get cut post June 1st. So wide receiver for the Jets, Jamison Crowder. If he gets cut, I think it saves the Jets about 10 or $11 million. He would also be a really good fit with the Niners. Tight end Zach Ertz, similar kind of thing. He's going to be save the team roughly about $10 million if he gets cut. Cameron Brait, I don't think he's going to get cut, but they could save about $6 million if they do decide to cut him. Mario Addison, defensive end, similar kind of thing. If they do decide to cut him, saves him about $6 million. And again, you've got a solid rotational defensive end. And last is another tight end, Kyle Rudolph of the Vikings. He's been a solid tight end. And again, the Vikings could save about $10 million if they decide to cut him post June 1st. So we'll see. I don't know who we're going to bring in post June 1st. I don't expect a lot of change, but you never know. And I would not be surprised if we had this time of the year between between the draft and when preseason actually starts, there's a whole lot of roster turnaround in the NFL. And I would not be surprised if we lost a couple of guys and gained a couple of guys between now and training camp. And there could be a couple of guys on this list who the team has an eye on. So we will see. I just, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get this specific podcast out was because this is something that is probably going to be happening. And if it does happen, it's again, you're looking at next week. So I wanted to get this out before next week so that we would have a few days to kind of listen, think about it and see who might be available. So there should be a good amount of roster turnover in the NFL. So again, I decided to hold off on the camp battles just because there's probably going to be some trades and cuts. We will probably get into that in a week or two. I think I'm going to wait a week or two just because we want to see who's actually on the team going into camp. So give it a week or two and then I'll decide who my favorite camp battles are. That's going to be pretty much it for everything today. I'm going to finish up. I got to finish dinner, finish this glass of wine here. I appreciate all of you for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day, fantastic week, evening, whenever you are listening to this. Like, subscribe, comment, rating, review, all that fun stuff. Thanks for checking in, and I will catch you next time.